how to protect water quality, how to manage water, how to clean water for use on a farm. Water that maybe has, you know, quite a bit of cow poop in it. We sure like to talk about cow poop a lot on this show, don't we? Welcome back. We continue here on The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming. And recently, you know, we've, we've talked about the water filtration stuff um, that the folks over in Acme at Coldstream Farms have been up to. Uh, but it turns out there's more than one way to skin a cat. And that's something my grandpa always reminded me of. I think he usually prefaced that by saying, as my dad would always say, his dad probably said the same thing. So who knows how many generations that saying's been going. Um, but anyway, there, there's more than one way to filter water on a dairy. And there are a lot of reasons why you might want to filter water on a dairy. And some entirely different technology. And, and just to give you a little... Uh, Look behind the scenes. We are working on a, a new video project that's not quite ready for release that, that will show some of the details of this really cool technology that's being tested over in eastern Washington. And in fact, it's kind of going beyond the testing phase to dairies actually starting to uh, sign up to use this on a full-time um, routine basis to manage water on their dairy farm. Joining me right now with an organization called Organics is their president, Russ Davis. And I've gotten to know Russ pretty well going over there a few times to, to check out this system. Russ, thanks for joining us on the program this morning. Um, you at Organics have teamed up with the folks from Biofiltro, um, and they're the ones with this technology to do this filtration. The latest thing that you've been working on is a project over in Sunnyside at a dairy. It's been kind of a pilot project to test out some, some more of, of the ways this might work. Explain how this works, why you're filtering water, how you're doing it. What's the story here? Sure. Uh, Dylan, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There's been a lot of activity in this space in the last 10 or so years. Uh, digesters have been pursuing water treatment. Uh, there's been all kinds of constructed wetland concepts. I mean, everybody under the sun has been trying to come up with a way to wrestle down dirty dairy water or wastewater. And it was about um, six years ago, we saw this technology being generated by a company out of Chile. And uh, the idea seemed pretty simple. It almost seemed too simple that we were suspicious of it at first. But the idea is it uses composting worms to clean wastewater. And so we looked into it, started exploring. They were doing a test unit down in uh, California. And come to find out this thing works very well. Um, the, the kind of things they've uncovered, I think were maybe even accidental. They were looking more along the lines initially at processing solid waste. Mm -hmm. But in the, in, the, in, the kind of in the course of trying to figure out how to solve some municipal issues, they started treating water and found out that their new idea worked really well for municipal water applications as well. And so now the idea, and this is kind of where some of these other technology um, developments have been uh, have started and then have been applied. They move it from you know municipal use to hey, we could use this with um, dairy manure as well. Why would though, and explain the, the the motivation behind this? Why why would a dairy need to be filtering their water? What's what's the benefit? What what's the end game here? That's a great question. The the dairy industry uh, has been known since dairies began to use manure to grow crops, 
And uh, that's that's kind of the cycle of how things were before we had large-scale fertilizer and things like that. So utilizing manure to grow crops was, was commonplace. Everybody knew how to do it. Native Americans did it that way. Everyone's always used manure to grow crops. As dairies have expanded and become more efficient in their processes, um, you know, the, the, the average cow produces a lot more milk with a lot less stress and a lot less impact on the environment than it used to. But even with all of those improvements, they still have this water sometimes. They just have too much, and they can't use it on their property, and so they have to find a home for it. And there's, there's usually plenty of people that are in the neighborhood who are interested in this extra water. But one of the problems becomes when there's too much water, and you have to put this water in a truck and send it to a location, the cost increases dramatically on management. So if we can come up with a way for the dairy to process this water on site uh, at a reduced cost, then everyone gets to win. The, the water that hits the road, if it does hit the road, is uh, not nearly like it was when it first came out of the facility. We do some modification of this product um, so, that, so that it's not, it doesn't smell like manure any longer, it smells like soil. It's, there's a lot of things that change once we start processing the water. We're talking with Russ Davis right now. He's the president of Organics based over in Walla Walla there. You're a company that's been all about composting for quite a long time and, and composting in different realms and whatnot, right? So this is kind of, in, in some ways, a little bit different direction, but it's still all tied together with what you guys do, right? It is. It overlaps. In our business, we, we've been primarily composters for the last 20 years. And so the solid component of Dairy manure in particular is the area that we've explored. The water thing kept kind of moving along, though. We knew that uh, there was a couple dairymen in the Sunnyside area who would say, we're glad you're helping us with the solids, but keep your eye on the, the liquids because someday we're going to have to figure out a way to process that in a better way and get a more, you know, higher value proposition from it. But as we started moving along and looking at technologies, when we ran into these guys in, in uh, Chile, they had 120 units operating around the world, which I thought, but that's higher than the number of digesters operating in the United States at the time. Yeah. And come to find out, over half of those were municipal projects. And so they hadn't even really started exploring the dairy market yet. So this is Biofiltro that you're talking about, the company out of Chile. Correct. Yeah, the, the Chilean company had, had done some exploring on small scale, but nothing like what we're talking about doing in the United States. They just don't have those kind of customer bases that we're used to up here down there. Okay, so there's this pilot project at J&K Dairy, and, you know, I've talked with those folks a few times. Jason Sheehan there, and and Kyle Van Dyke actually is a partner, in, or at least a, a manager there. He's from over on the west side here, for people who uh, recall uh, Kyle and, and his dad's operation back when that was functional here in Whatcom County. He's over on the east side now. He's been on the show they're testing this out. They got a grant, um, and you guys put this project together to see how it would work. It sounds like it's working quite well. Explain how does the system work? How does the technology use worms to filter water? So this unit that's running over in JK Dairy in Sunnyside is a um, smaller scale unit to test the concept with a couple modifications that we made specifically uh, for flush dairies at that location. So. The, the unit that we're using at that location is essentially a containerized unit, like you would see as a shipping container. And inside of there, it's lined, and it's got a series of substrates. Uh, it has some rock in the bottom, and has some wood shavings and chips, and in these shavings and chips are the worms. It comes on a cycle every uh, every minute or so. It, it uh, well, Actually, it's, it, it unleashes water for about a minute, and then it uh, has about 30-minute time off. Mm -hmm. So it's on a cycle program where it puts the water through. It takes about four hours for that water to, to filter down through this worm and uh, chip-based sponge, 
And by the time the water comes out the bottom, it comes out looking, it goes in looking like dairy manure water and comes mm-hmm. out looking like uh, like a compost tea or something mm-hmm. like that. But that facility there is it's very low energy use. Uh, it's a low footprint uh, impact. Um, the the biofilter people are getting better and better at, at utilizing uh, the space more. So we just installed a new unit over here at a winery happens to be in Walla Walla, and they actually put in a double decker one of those. And they put in two double deckers and eliminated a bunch of the space requirements. So even as we're doing some exploring with this unit over in Sunnyside, we're still learning some new things we can do uh, coming down the pipe. So for this this test, this pilot project uh, to test some new ideas at J&K Dairy, what what has it shown you? What what ha, what's the benefit now for that dairy? What are the folks there saying about why they like this? Okay, so the the biofilter has um, some kind of things that we didn't know were going to happen for sure, but we were hoping that when you take dairy water and run it through the unit, it eliminates all the potential for it to create anaerobic bacteria, which means the odor basically goes away. So mm. hydrogen sulfide is one of those egg smelly, you know, kind of an egg, rotten egg smell you smell sometimes with at a dairy. Um, the methane that's produced in the process of, of water sitting for long periods of time in an anaerobic environment, all of those things are gone because you, you take the water going in, you aerate this water, you basically, um, it, it would be like seeing an aerator in a pond that's adding air to the water, except in this case we're adding water to the aerated sponge. And so as the water comes out, it's been efficiently aerobically treated so that there's no methane production potential, there's no odor-causing production potential. And it really is a, it's truly changing the water. It improves it um, and eliminates a bunch of the risk associated with, with storing it. And then what do they do? They still apply it like they would with the more you know straight, unfiltered dairy water, but it's maybe what easier to apply without burning crops and different things like that? Yeah, so what are the benefits of the worms? So this is where the Asinia fetida is the name, of the, the scientific name of this worm. It's a specific type of worm that is used in composting, and it, it eats decomposing matter. So as little tiny pieces of manure kind of make their way through this water into this filter, the worms eat it, and the byproduct is castings. And they also create this kind of a biological mat. It's like a biome that also treats the dissolved nutrients in the water as the water passes through. So a lot of the nitrogen is sunk into this filter so that the, the nitrogen that comes out the other side is either usable for, for plants or it's gone. So ammonia, which is a nitrogen variation, or ammonium, which is something you find in the water, all those things are either sunk or fixed as they come through the unit so that the, the farmer can now apply more water with less nitrogen impact mm. on the same acreage. And probably that helps things as far as being able to use this at, what, different times of the year, helps with transportation and, and waste handling costs? Yeah, across the board. And, but one of the things that is impactful in particular to the flush dairies is this, this water is helpful for them to clean the dairies, but they, it does produce more water than like a scraped dairy or, a, or something like that. So they have to find a way to utilize this water. And so the best way to utilize water with nitrogen in it is to apply it to plants. But if your plants don't happen to be growing or if you uh, don't have the acreage that you originally planned for or there, you know, something happened that impacts your acreage, the biofilter allows you to kind of, it allows you to utilize it as almost a sink for some of that nitrogen so that you can continue to operate without any negative impacts. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790, also available on SoundCloud as the Save Family Farming Podcast. 
I am Dylan Honk. By the way, our sponsor, Pape Kenworth Northwest, with a brand new location on Iowa Street in Bellingham. Make sure uh, to stop by and thank those folks there at Pape Kenworth Northwest uh, for sponsoring the farming show. We're, we're talking with Russ Davis right now with a, a, an outfit called Organics over in eastern Washington about this biofiltrosis. Now, so basically, you guys are like the dealer or the, the local organization here in Washington that, that's managing this technology and and helping you know connect farmers with it. There is a full installation, right? A dairy over there that's that's using this on full scale right now. That's correct. We're essentially the the distributor for the unit. But the, okay. the part that I like the most about it is we also have a contract to help them find homes for the material that comes out as a result. So Worm Cassie is one of the byproducts mm. of this unit, and Worm Tea. And we we think that the market for those products, especially as the the overall consumer's idea of what is sustainable improves, and they start looking more and more at organic. These castings are going to become a really significant um, item in the in the mix of, of soil going forward. We just see that as becoming the future. So, but, what's what's so great about worm castings? I mean, are are they fertilizer? Are they compost? Are they somewhere in between? What's what's the good for? So, would it be another farm that would potentially buy that, maybe for their crops, or what's it used for? The fascinating thing about worm castings is it, it's the most expensive soil amount you can buy in, in the nation. So if you go down to your local Walmart and pick up a bag of castings off the counter, it, it essentially equates to about $1,000 per cubic yard. And, and we're used to wow. dealing with something that's, you know, manure is about the $15 per cubic yard, <laughs> yard yeah. range yeah. normally. So, but in this case, what happens is if, if we can um, get the essence of soil, which is what castings are. So. Um, anything that has worms in it is usually classified as soil. And otherwise, people call it just dirt. But if you have a living organisms in your ground, you, you essentially have a soil. Uh, there's a whole biological and fungal activity happening in that soil that makes it alive. So, so worms are considered kind of the essence of what makes soil soil. So our goal is to find clients who are looking specifically to either uh, remediate poor soil improve the health of soil um, that have maybe ha gone through some sort of a, um, a, a series of crops that have, that have maybe taken out some things or some pesticides that have caused some problems or something like that. You can remediate soil with castings, but currently the largest client base for worm castings or anyone who's growing organic products, and, and actually one of the largest markets right now is cannabis. Mm. So what, they just apply that this is all about building soil health, which we know is, is such a, a growing trend right now, and rightly so, as more and more people wake up to the, the impacts that the health of their soil has on their crop and on the sustainability of their operation and on so many, even on climate change and, you know, carbon sequestration, et cetera, et cetera. So this, this, this unless I'm understanding this incorrectly, this is all about improving soil health. And this is a kind of a new opportunity of a product to help do that. It is. I'll tell you, my, what I'm so excited about is worm castings are at the top of the, uh, the figurative food chain when it comes to soil amendments for the organic grower. For the conventional dairy to be able to produce this kind of quantity of castings, and we're talking about 10,000 yards a year out of a large, you know, 6,000 cow dairy or something like that, that's in the same kind of quantities we're talking about as, as normal compost. So mm. if we can produce those kind of volumes for the organic market or for, um, you know, the, the hemp market and people who are looking at the, the ways to improve the soil, we're going to drive that price down, which makes it more readily acceptable. We're going to go back to what we used to have which is dairies producing fertilizer to grow crops. I 
think that's where we're headed. And I just think that moving away from conventional fertilizer is inevitable. And I think that uh, dairy compost and castings and things of this nature are going to help usher in the new era of, of dairies being the fertilizer producers that they used to be. Russ Davis with Organics is with us right now on the Farming Show. Just a couple of minutes left. I know when I was over there checking out this project a few months ago, Russ, you were telling me about the benefits this. And, and by the way, you're just launching kind of a new brand, uh, kind of a... a what subsidiary or a side brand of your organics operation specifically for the this these worm castings right if i'm i'm seeing this right casting king is what you're calling that, it that's exactly right so we knew that once we started producing castings at these large facilities almost overnight we will become the largest worm castings production company mm. in the nation uh, making castings normally is very complicated it takes a lot of manual labor or, or sophisticated equipment and lots of time. Well, because we're making worm castings almost as a byproduct in very large quantities, it's not impossible to imagine us producing 10,000 yards per unit and having multiple units uh, across the nation. I mean, literally overnight, we'll become the largest castings producer uh, in the United States, without a doubt. So that's why we kind of had some fun with it went with Casting King. Casting exactly. King, spelled with K's. Uh, if you're looking it up online, what is it? Uh, casting castingking.com. Very, very yep. easy to find. Just a minute left. You were mentioning to me when we were talking before I so rudely interrupted myself uh, <laughs> earlier about the, the benefits that, for instance, worm castings might have for the wine grape growers. Talk real quickly about what could be happening there. Yeah, so we, we sell compost to, to grape growers frequently, and they're very you know, this sophisticated group. They're looking for ways to improve their soil. They, they like the idea of, of telling a, a sustainable story. They love worm castings in general. It's a little higher priced, but they're a little higher priced product. Yeah. Um, there happens to be a, a unit we just installed in, in Walla Walla. There's multiple units installed at wineries in California, and that's kind of a new trend. We're excited to see where this is going to go, but the wine industry also has to start addressing their water issues, and we're happy to help them too. Russ Davis with Organics and, well, Casting King as well, and, and the distributor up here in the Northwest for Biofiltro uh, Technologies, which is what we've been talking about uh, with us on the show. Thanks so much for, for chatting with us, filling us in on what's going on, and, and keep us posted, because it sounds like there could be a lot still to come. I will, Dylan. I appreciate the phone call, and thanks for, thanks for uh, getting me on. And there is a lot more to come, and I'll keep you posted.